Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Uh, new website, revamped, and a new feature called SpeakPipe on there, just to the right-hand side of cruiseradio.net, where you can leave voicemails for us here on the show, like listener Sonia Schro did from Houston, Texas. Hi, Doug. This is Sonia from Houston, Texas. Love the new website. Congratulations and way to go. Bye. On this show, we'll get a review of Royal Caribbean's Grandeur of the Seas. Listener Janet Heaton just returned from a seven-night Caribbean sailing aboard her, and she'll give us a comprehensive review. But first, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. So this is rather interesting. We'll kick the show off with a MSC ordering two more ships. Now, this is on the heel of them ordering a couple of ships a couple of months ago, didn't they? Yeah, back in October, they ordered yeah. two ships that were going to be essentially in the in the quantum class size. They're going to 167,600 tons mm-hmm. um, from the French yard and from the Italian yard, which is what you know Fincantieri, which builds the Carnival Corp ships. They ordered two 154,000 ton ships. Wow! Um, so it's 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 a you know, these are some really big orders with some really big ships. Do you think they're overbuilding? Well, it's it's interesting. You know, a lot of people would say they overbuilt on the cargo side, uh, on the cruise side. I mean, you're talking ships of this nature. Uh, the two new ships are definitely uh, built for warm weather destinations. So, you know, Caribbean and uh, maybe some South America. Without a doubt, I definitely think uh, these. You know, at least one of these two ships is going to be coming to uh, to Florida. And, um, you know, it's, we, we've seen, you know, some of the pricing that Davina had, you know, been offering. Um, I mean, they had a sale for a number of weeks at $199 for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, currently, I mean, they've got 379 when the ship comes back in, you know, the middle of August. Well, we talked a couple of uh, weeks ago about who sets the precedent for the rates, like they're so low. But is that, in fact, true when MSC sets a seven-night sailing for $199 and the other guys are getting a lot more? Do they have to drop their prices, too? Well, un- unfortunately, it does pull the pricing down. Okay. And it doesn't matter you know, how bad or how good a ship may be. Uh, when you have low pricing, it does have negative implications on other cruise lines. Hmm. And uh, you know, then, of course, then you're winding up with uh, it's, it's very difficult to bring the pricing back, which is what the cruise lines have been working so hard to. Uh, especially by adding more amenities to give you more reasons to spend a little bit more for the cruise because the cruises are, are giving you a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next talking point here, Holland America is getting rid of two ships, so that's reducing their overall capacity, but uh, not for too long, right? Well, I wouldn't say they're getting rid of them. Well, I mean, um, yeah. Their, their parent company, uh, Carnival Corp., is uh, reassigning Rhinedam and Stottendam from Holland America to P&O Australia, which is just doing uh, gangbusters out there. The growth of the uh, Australia-New Zealand cruises has been fantastic. So they're going to be moving that ship out because Holland America, remember, uh, has got a new ship uh, on order uh, right now. So essentially that will take the place of those two ships, the the new 99,500-ton 
uh, Holland America ship that's under construction will take the place of those two ships. So basically getting rid of two ships, but the new ship will actually have the same capacity, more or less, or more. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Looks like Carnival's going year-round in the Mexican Riviera region uh, and also swapping ships in Alaska. Did I read this right? You, you read it right, Doug. And what Carnival's actually doing is, um, after a two-year absence of the year-round cruises, they're actually resuming. Okay. Um, they've they've essentially, uh, they have not had a presence for two consecutive summers on the seven-day Mexican Riviera run. Um, so they are going to, uh, you know, beginning on October uh, 4th, October fourth, they're going to they're going to re- resume the year-round sailings from Mexico, which will obviously go into 2015 and throughout. So this way, they're um, saying that uh, they're actually saying that uh, the the signs uh, are strengthening for increased demand. Mm-hmm. So they're going to uh, resume the year-round uh, seven-night sailings. And the good, other good news, Doug, is that um, they're going to be returning to Mazatlan. In addition to the, to going to Mazatlan, they're also going to be uh, they're going to essentially have three different uh, types of itineraries because a lot of people like the the two days in Cabo San Lucas and the one in Puerto Vallarta. So um, it's 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 going to be interesting with the the different changes. So this way it kind of shakes it up, and and so this way it gives people reason to sail more frequently on those uh, seven night runs, um, and that's great news. And then the uh, Carnival Legend will take over for Carnival Miracle. Uh, in Alaska, and Carnival Legend is the ship that they've been using out in Australia seasonally. Mm-hmm. Looks like Disney is returning to Hawaii in 2015. Uh, is this substantial? Well, Doug, it, it is uh, in the sense that uh, you know they're they're on their way back uh, from from Alaska in in the fall of 2015. That it's only you know look at the, it's an easy thing to do to go to Hawaii. Uh, so essentially, they're going to have a couple of sailings. But what's even more uh, interesting, Doug, is that uh, they're going to be doing uh, some additional uh, West Coast. And Galveston runs, which, uh, you know, these are destinations that, um, I mean, they've, they've never really sailed from San Diego. They were in Los Angeles when they were on the West Coast. Right. And they're also going to be going to, uh, returning to Galveston for uh, a, a select, some select dates. But, uh, you know, on the West Coast from San Diego, uh, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have some Hawaii cruises. They're going to have some Baja cruises, um, you know, for, during the holiday season. From Galveston, they're going to have seven-night itineraries of you know heading to the west coast, you know to the Western Caribbean, and, uh, and and the holiday sailings. And it really what this really does, Doug, is it shows the flexibility that Disney has with their with their four ships that they can do all kinds of different itineraries. So Disney Wonder will will eventually wind up back in Miami, but uh, for a period of time, Disney Magic, which will be in Europe, will spend some time uh, in Miami, which has been very very successful for Disney on those four- and five-night runs. so It's a small world after all. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Looks like Norwegian Jewel just got out of dry dock. Now, Norwegian Jewel got some enhancements that are going to be going fleet-wide. Am I correct on this? You are. In fact, uh, NCL uh, announced uh, that they are spending uh, more than $250 million uh, on refurbishments uh, of the ships. I mean, and they've got the, they're calling it the Norwegian Next. So they're going to be uh, upgrading and changing uh, up their menus on board the ships, adding the um, dining venues like, uh, you know, their their pub. I just can't say the name. I just won't do it. <laughs> I'll say it. Oh, she hands. Yeah. But uh, so essentially they're they're adding these these casual dining venues on board the ships. Um, the Sugarcane Mojito Bar, which was uh, initially in, um, put on Norwegian Getaway, which is their newest ship. So they're they're adding some some neat things. Carlos uh, Bake Shop, and um, you know, so they're, they're going to have some nice features and and enhancements to the ships that uh, are reminiscent of what's being found 
on both the two new ships, Breakaway and Getaway. Bringing some of the new to the old. Exactly. Oh, which, right. Which is what we've, we've seen you know, over the past several years where you've seen Royal Caribbean and Carnival uh, refreshing their fleets, mm-hmm. adding a lot of the uh, Oasis and Carnival Dream class uh, features to the rest of the fleets. So NCL you know, is saying, hey, this is a great idea. Let, you know, why don't we do that? And uh, it really makes the the longevity of these ships, um, you know, relevant with, with the newer features found on their newest ships. Very good. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. We appreciate it. My pleasure. How many times have you said, that'll never happen to us? Vacations are a big investment with both time and money, and they should be protected. For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip, visit InsureMyTrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We always love hearing about your cruise vacations. If you have one you'd like to share with us, just email comments at cruiseradio.net and we'll get you on the air to share your experience. Like listener Janet Heaton, she just returned. From a Caribbean sailing on Royal Caribbean's Grandeur of the Seas. And she joins us this evening. Hello, Janet. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good. And I'm going to admit, my producer didn't give me any prep on this ship. So I have to ask you, where did you sail out of? This was out of Baltimore. Okay. And how many nights? It was a seven-night sailing. Very good. Well, we'll just go from there then and say uh, you get to the port of Baltimore. And uh, how was embarkation for Grandeur? Actually, I love Baltimore. It's really easy. It's right off the I-95. Mm-hmm. Um, you can park right there. The terminal's right there. Super friendly people. Yeah. Really easy terminal. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking, uh, you sailed out of Bayonne, New Jersey, and you mentioned having to take a shuttle t- from the parking garage or whatever to the actual ship. Uh, was it like that, or you just walk right through the terminal and board there? Yeah, it's not, it's not like Bayonne at all. You just you, you walk right in. And from the terminal, you go right to the ship. Very so good. Even, even easier. Well, uh, you get on the ship, and what were your first impressions of Grandeur of the Seas? Um, I love it. It's, it's been through dry dock, so it's had all its renovations, and you walk right into the Centrum area where the R-Bar is. Nice. So it's all, all brand new. Now, I've never been on Grandeur of the Seas. Uh, is that ship, uh, is it kind of like the other Royal Caribbean ships that have, like, uh, you walk into the atrium where it's like this big mall at sea? No, I mean, it, it does not have, um, I mean, you have the big centrum where the R-Bar is. There's no long haul of, like, the shops and the restaurants. Gotcha. It's a smaller ship. Okay, smaller gotcha. Ship. Shows how much I know. You're schooling me right now. <laughs> no, no, no royal promenade. Gotcha. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Thank you so yeah. much for that. So uh, you make your way through the, uh, the atrium. You go to your stateroom. So uh, what kind of stateroom did you have? And uh, what were your impressions of it? 
Yeah, again, it's been all upgraded. So it was it was an inside stateroom, but they have all like the brand new flat screen TVs, new carpeting, um, just new, new bedding. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was really fresh, really nice and new. Uh, with the re uh, refurbished staterooms, can you handle like your account and stuff on the actual TVs? Yes, you can, which is so easy. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, we have something in common, Jan, and that is the fact that we both love the food on Royal Caribbean. So let's talk about that. Um, what did you think of the food on the grandeur of the season? The food is good. They actually added um, a lot of the specialty restaurants on the ship. Mm-hmm. They only had one before. So you now have the like the sushi Izumi bar. They added chops, and you have Giovanni's table, as well as the Park Cafe. Now, I know so, you're a big fan of Giovanni's table. I am. And That's did, one of my favorites. Yeah, did you eat it <laughs> on this sailing? Did you eat on it? Eat at it? I did. Cool. Yeah, of course. Did you go to Chops on this sailing? I didn't. Not this time. No, gotcha. And a main dining room, how was the food in there? Always good. Yeah, you know, you have your, your regular items that they have every night versus the varied menu mm-hmm. where they change up depending if it's formal night or casual night. But um, yeah, so many, I mean, just food galore, endless amounts of food. That's what I like about uh, these cruise ships because you have the the menu there and it's a set menu on one side and a rotating one on the other side. So if you want to literally go and have steak seven nights a week, you can do that, which is awesome. Right. Or chicken, which I do a lot of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) I'm a chicken girl. I I love my chicken. (laughs) <laughs> the uh, respect the chicken. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> as far as entertainment goes on Grandeur of the Seas, did you get to check out any of it? Yeah, there was um, a lot of different, you know, comedies and the Broadway shows, but they have this one guest entertainer that just everybody was raving about called Savannah Jack. Mm-hmm. They're a country music band. Nice. And it, it was just absolutely amazing. I would have loved that. Were they doing like... uh, It's right up your alley. Yeah. Were they doing like mainstream country music or was it like older, like Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson? A combination of both. Definitely something for everybody, but they really had everyone participating and joining in and singing along and they were a lot of fun. It was one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. Let's talk about the outdoor areas for Grandeur of the Seas. So, um, you know, going from Baltimore down to the Caribbean, I'm sure you had a couple of sea days there. So how was the outside? What was the situation like out there on sea days? Was there enough deck chairs to accommodate the passengers? Well, as you know, it's always a little crowded right by the pool area. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I tend to go one deck up. So there's always plenty of room up there. And um, they have that great big, they added as well with the dry dock, the, the outdoor large screen TV. Mm-hmm. So that was fun for different, they would have movie times or music playing, as well as the Caribbean band out there to get you in the spirit. So yeah, lots of, uh, lots of room up there. Very cool. And this ship also has a solarium, correct? Yep. Yep. They have the solarium. Did you spend any time in it? Uh, not as much as I should have. <laughs> of course, we never do. <laughs> but yeah, they have the uh, the classes, the whirlpools inside, you know, the, everything that you would need if you're into working out every single day. I know uh, on this ship, I didn't realize, Janet, this ship uh, was a smaller, like a 75, 77,000 ton ship. I thought it was much larger for some reason. That's okay. A, yeah, I didn't know that. It was like it was yeah, built in the no. early 90s. I should do my research before these interviews, huh? <laughs> well, 
like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I know that when you look at this ship on Cruise Critic, a lot of people rave about the fitness center, uh, especially post-dry dock. Have you spent much time in there? Yeah, I have. No, I have been in there. It, it's it's really nice. State-of-the-art, like I said, the, the big whirlpools, all the equipment. Mm-hmm. They have the yoga classes and the Pilates classes. I think, yeah, I think they have everything. And uh, did you get to eat at the Windjammer Cafe? Well, of course. And uh, what did you think of that? I, I love, you know, I love the Windjammer. There's not a lot of cruise ship Lido Deck restaurants that I really, really like, but the, the Windjammer is definitely one of them. Yeah, I mean, you're right at the front of the ship, so you have a bird's eye view of where you're sailing, and it's actually even great for sunsets, but they have snacks to your main meals, and then certain nights they'd have um, the Mongolian stir-fry, mm-hmm. so you can mm-hmm. pick all your fresh vegetables, or if you want noodles, or chicken, or meat, and they just make it all fresh for you right there. Very good. So, uh, Janet, what ports did this sailing hit, and which one was your favorite? Uh, well, we went to Port Canaveral. That was a nice long port. You're there till about 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Um, Nassau in the Bahamas and their private island, Coco Cay. Mm-hmm. And, They're all uh, good, but you can't go wrong with a private island ever. It's the, just the best beach, the most relaxing I love their private islands. Yeah, and you know what I like about their private island is the fact that just that, a private island where you could go into the water, there's like a roped-off area to swim and snorkel, and you can rent stuff for like really, really cheap there. Um, the food, uh, do you eat on the private island? Sometimes. What do you think of the, the food time. on it? I, I, It's always hit or miss for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just your typical kind of barbecue. Mm-hmm. It's nothing fancy, but if you're hungry on the beach, you know, it's like hot dogs, hamburgers, ribs, fruit, coleslaw, cookies. But, yeah, it's just your average buffet. Being a barbecue lover, I don't like the way you said that. Uh, typical barbecue. <laughs> Do you not like barbecue? No, I love barbecue. Okay. All right. Like well. a pull, a good pulled pork sandwich or something. Yes. Yes. Love. It's not quite like that. Love pulling on the pork. <laughs> 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 what? What am I talking what? about? Um, so, uh, in closing here, because you're going to get me in trouble, um, <laughs> do you have any been there, done that tips or some first time tips for listeners wanting to check out grandeur of the seas? Um, it's a good ship. Again, I, I love the, the smaller ships. I think there's a more intimate feel with the, with the crew as well as the passengers. Everyone kind of gets to know everybody, but, um, one tip for the, the private island on Coco Cay, I would, mm-hmm. you know, you walk all the way straight back to the end of the beach. Or there, there's more space, it's more open, and you just you just have more inti- intimacy for yourself, I guess. And if you drown, no one will ever find you. <laughs> <laughs> that right? most before they sail away. Yes, yes. There you go. We've been t- we've been talking with we listeners about you. Yes, yes. We've been talking with listener Janet Heaton from. Uh, where are you? You're in Pennsylvania, right? Berwyn, Pennsylvania. There you go. Well, you heard it there. straight from the horse's mouth, the review of Grandeur of the Seas. As always, my dear, thank you so much for spending some time with me tonight. Anytime. Thanks, Doug. And that'll do it for this episode of Cruise Radio, when I uh, always love having Janet on the show. She's just uh, too much fun. So, Janet, thank you, and I welcome you back anytime. Be sure to check out our new and improved website at cruiseradio.net. Had a, re, uh, a relaunch or a makeover or whatever you want to call it. Uh, once again, that's cruiseradio.net or hit us up on facebook.com slash cruiseradio. Broadcasting from the Ensure My Trip studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio.
Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.